Book Four, Chapter Six of the Wars of the Jews. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wars of the Jews by Josephus, translated by William Whiston, Chapter Six. How the Zealots, when they were freed from the Idumeans, slew a great many more of the citizens and how Vespasian dissuaded the Romans, when they were very earnest to march against the Jews, from proceeding in the war at that time. The Idumeans complied with these persuasions, and in the first place they set those that were in the prisons at liberty, being about two thousand of the populace, who thereupon fled away immediately to Simon, one whom we shall speak of presently after which these Idumeans retired from Jerusalem and went home, which departure of theirs was a great surprise to both parties, for the people, not knowing of their repentance, pulled up their courage for a while, as eased of so many of their enemies. While the zealots grew more insolent, not as deserted by their confederates, but as freed from such men as might hinder their designs, and plat some stop to their wickedness. Accordingly, they made no longer any delay, nor took any deliberation in their enormous practices, but made use of the shortest methods for all their executions, and what they had once resolved upon. They put in practice sooner than any one could imagine. But their thirst was chiefly after the blood of valiant men, and men of good families, the one sort of which they destroyed out of envy, the other out of fear for they thought their whole security lay in leaving no potent men alive, on which account they slew Gorion, a person eminent in dignity, and on account of his family also. He was also for democracy, and of as great boldness and freedom of spirit, as were any of the Jews whosoever. The principal thing that ruined him, added to his other advantages, was his free speaking." nor did Niger of Paris escape their hands. He had been a man of great valor in their war with the Romans, but was now drowned through the middle of the city, and as he went he frequently cried out, and showed the scars of his wounds. And when he was drawn out of the gates, and despaired of his preservation, he besought them to grant him a burial. But as they had threatened him beforehand, not to grant him any spot of earth for a grave, which he chiefly desired of them, so did they slay him, without permitting him to be buried. Now when they were slaying him, he made this imprecation upon them, that they might undergo both famine and pestilence in this war, and besides all that, they might come to the mutual slaughter of one another, all which imprecations God confirmed against these impious men, and was what came most justly upon them when not long afterward they tasted of their own madness in their mutual seditions one against another. So when this Niger was killed, their fears of being overturned were diminished, and indeed there was no part of the people, but they found out some pretense to destroy them, for some were therefore slain, because they had had differences with some of them, and as to those that had not opposed them in times of peace, they watched seasonable opportunities to gain some accusation against them, 
and if any one did not come near them at all, he was under their suspicion as a proud man. If any one came with boldness, he was esteemed a contemner of them. And if any one came as aiming to oblige them, he was supposed to have some treacherous plot against them, while the only punishment of crimes, whether they were of the greatest or smallest sort, was death. Nor could any one escape, unless he were very inconsiderable, either on account of the meanness of his birth, or on account of his fortune. And now all the rest of the commanders of the Romans deemed this sedition among their enemies to be of great advantage to them, and were very earnest to march to the city, and they urged Vespasian, as their lord and general in all cases, to make haste, and said to him, that the providence of God is on our side, by setting our enemies at variance against each other, that still the change in such cases may be sudden, and the Jews may quickly be at one again, either because they may be tired out with their civil miseries, or repent them of such doings. But Vespasian replied that they were greatly mistaken in what they thought fit to be done, as those that, upon the theatre, love to make a show of their hands and of their weapons, but do it at their own hazard, without considering what was for their advantage and for their security. For that if they now go and attack the city immediately, they shall but occasion their enemies to unite together, and shall convert their force, now it is in its height against themselves. But if they stay a while, they shall have fewer enemies, because they will be consumed in this sedition, that God acts as a general of the Romans better than he can do, and is giving the Jews up to them without any pains of their own, and granting their army a victory without any danger, that therefore it is their best way, while their enemies are destroying each other with their own hands, and falling into the greatest of misfortunes, which is that of sedition, to sit still as spectators of the dangers they run into, rather than to fight hand to hand with men that love murdering, and are mad one against another. But if any one imagines that the glory of victory, when it is gotten without fighting, will be more insipid, let him know this much, that the glorious success, quietly obtained, is more profitable than the dangers of a battle. For we ought to esteem these, that do what is agreeable to temperance and prudence, no less glorious than those that have gained great reputation by their actions in war, that he shall lead on his army with greater force when their enemies are diminished, and his own army refreshed after the continual labors they had undergone. However, that this is not a proper time to propose to ourselves the glory of victory, for that the Jews are not now employed in making of armor or building of walls, nor indeed in getting together auxiliaries, while the advantage will be on their side who gives them such opportunity of delay, but that the Jews are vexed to pieces every day by their civil wars and dissensions, and are under greater miseries then, if they were once taken, could be inflicted on them by us. Whether therefore any one has regard to what is for our safety, he ought to suffer these Jews to destroy one another, or whether he has regard to the greater glory of the action, we ought by no means to meddle with these men, 
Now they are afflicted with a distemper at home. For should we now conquer them, it would be said, the conquest was not owing to our bravery, but to their sedition. Footnote. This prediction, that the city, Jerusalem, should then be taken and the sanctuary burned by right of war, when a sedition should invade Jews, and their own hands should pollute the temple, or when any one should begin to slay his countrymen in the city, is wanting in our present copies of the Old Testament. But this prediction, as Josephus well remarks here, though, with the other predictions of the prophets, it was now laughed at by the seditious, was by their very means soon exactly fulfilled. However, I cannot but here take notice of Grotius' positive assertion upon Matthew 26.9, here quoted by Dr. Hudson, that it ought to be taken for granted, as a certain truth, that many predictions of the Jewish prophets were preserved, not in writing, but by memory. Whereas it seems to me, so far from certain, that I think it has no evidence nor probability at all. End of the footnote. And now the commanders joined, in their approbation, of what Vespasian had said, and it was soon discovered how wise an opinion he had given. And indeed many there were of the Jews, that deserted every day, and fled away from the zealots, although their flight was very difficult, since they had guarded every passage out of the city, and slew every one that was caught at them, as taking it for granted they were going over to the Romans. Yet did he who gave them money get clear off, while he only that gave them none was voted a traitor. So the upshot was this, that the rich purchased their flight by money, while none by the poor were slain. Along all the roads also vast numbers of dead bodies lay in heaps, and even many of those that were so zealous in deserting at length chose rather to perish within the city. For the hopes of burial made death in their own city appear of the two less terrible to them. But these zealots came at last to that degree of barbarity, as not to bestow a burial either on those slain in the city, or on those that lay along the roads, but as if they had made an agreement to cancel both the laws of their country and the laws of nature, and at the same time that they defiled men with their wicked actions, they would pollute the divinity itself also, they left the dead bodies to putrefy under the sun. And the same punishment was allotted to such as buried, any as to those that deserted, which was no other than death, while he that granted the favor of a grave to another would presently stand in need of a grave himself. To say all in a word, no other gentle passion was so entirely lost among them as mercy, for what were the greatest objects of pity did most of all irritate these wretches, and they transferred their rage from the living to those that had been slain, and from the dead to the living. Nay, the terror was so very great, that he who survived called them that very first dead happy, as being at rest already, as did those that were under torture in the prisons declare, that upon this comparison, those that lay unburied were the happiest. These men, therefore, trampled upon all the laws of men, and laughed at the laws of God, and for the oracles of the prophets, 
they ridiculed them as the tricks of jugglers. Yet did these prophets foretell many things concerning the rewards of virtue and punishments of vice, which when these zealots violated, they occasioned the fulfilling of those very prophecies belonging to their own country. For there was a certain ancient oracle of those men, that the city should then be taken, and the sanctuary burned, by right of war, when a sedition should invade the Jews, and their own hand should pollute the temple of God. Now while these zealots did not quite disbelieve these predictions, they made themselves the instruments of their accomplishment. End of Book 4, Chapter 6 Thank <laughs> you.